Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hello, 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 everybody. I hope it is sunny outside like it is outside my window today for you. And if it is not, I hope it is sunny in your heart. Uh, And if not, hopefully this show brings you a little bit of sunshine. Uh, We have a great guest on the show today. Uh, We're called Teen Wealth Radio, and often we talk about mental health, we talk about physical health, uh, and we started talking more and more about financial health, which uh, leads a lot of people to think about wealth. And uh, our guest today uh, works in finance, so very excited to welcome, is it Mariam? Is that, am I saying it correctly, love? Yes, that's right. Mariam, perfect. It's a beautiful name. I love it. I like how it's spelt. Um, so can you just introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about uh, who you are and what you're passionate about? Sure. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on your show, Brandy. But um, I'll just get started and say, yeah, my name is Miriam. I'm working in the finance industry for the last few years. I actually moved over from human resources. At some point, I decided that was not as exciting as I wanted it to be. So I just kind of uh, fell in and became a reception at a financial firm and then started doing the courses and and getting on. But uh, I have a bachelor's degree um, in political science and history and a master's in conflict resolution, none of which make any sense for finance. But anyway, it seems to be working out for me quite well. Um, and uh, yeah, this is, I kind of fell into it. I think the more people I speak to, the more that's what they say is they kind of fell into it. They met someone who gave them a, a job and then they just started down the road and now they are advisors They are working as um, consultants, as directors, as financial planners, insurance people. So there's a whole host of people who work in these institutions. Uh, But it seems like none of us really wanted it. We just kind of walked into it and stayed because it was fun. That's very cool. And I I know you said that conflict resolution doesn't have much to do with finances, but I think a conflict for most people is where to put their finances. So I think maybe it could help. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) I know I've been conflicted in my entire life. And now that all these Bitcoin and everything are coming out and the whole world is changing so rapidly, I, I think it's good. You may have to like, you know give us some mental health talks through our financial stuff as we go. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Do you find that stress, one of the biggest stresses for everybody is finances and money and things like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that uh, people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. And then it's one of the most important things. Like mm-hmm. it should be the basis of your relationship mm-hmm. with your parents. It should be the basis of your relationship with who you want to be your spouse. It should be the basis of your own relationship. And it never really is. Mm. No one really knows what to do with their finances until they're in that situation where they have to be. And then they're shocked because their their counterpart doesn't really do it the same way they do. So it's so important to have those conversations and to know what kind of person you are Yeah. so that uh, you can learn to plan, learn to uh, learn and then learn to plan for the future. Awesome. I'm literally pulling up my notes right now, um, like my notepad on my phone as we talk, because I'm going to take notes and learn from you as we go. <laughs> oh, good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. So our, our show is geared towards uh, young men and women and um, 
their parents and teachers and teenagers who are getting out into the world, who's considering college, considering where to put their mm-hmm. money, where to save uh, savings, you know, not that exciting when you're 16, don't have that many worries. Um, just to give some, everyone that's listening a sense of kind of who you are and who you were as a teenager, what were you mm-hmm. like growing up? I, I know you said that finance was not something you wanted to dive into. What were your finances like? Did you have an allowance? Did you know how to spend it? Like, what were you doing for money back as a teen? I was the saver, actually. Mm. So in our family, we got allowances. We also got paid for doing housework. So that was always a nice way of earning some cash. But I was the one who always saved my cash and kind of sort of spend it on the one big thing that I wanted or the two big things I wanted to do. My brother was the spender. <laughs> but I have to say that in general, as a teenager, I never really had a conversation with my parents about how to save money. Mm. Um, and I think most parents struggle with that themselves. So they're not really in a position to teach their children. And really, it was not at the forefront of my mind as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to save, but I didn't know how to save or where to save or where to put this extra cash that I was getting every month, right? So a lot of times I, I felt like, uh, okay, well, I was doing the bare minimum. I was putting aside $100 a month, $200 a month, whatever the case may have been, but um, but never really going deep into that, never really understanding taxes. I mean, I think I was, you know, you're 18 when you start paying taxes. I had no idea about that. Um, when I got my first job, same thing, not really, not really knowing what to save on. And a lot of times I've noticed this with younger people as well. If I have, my parents have quite a few friends with young children. Um, as soon as they get their first job, they just start spending money on very frivolous things. And so my one advice to them is go ahead and do that because it, it is a form of freedom for you to be able to s- spend money on frivolous things. But always put some money aside as well. Because right now you're not paying taxes, you're not paying expenses, you're not paying rent, you're not paying house, you're not paying cars, gas. Um, The most you could do is just start putting that little bit aside, Uh, look into RSPs, TFSAs, and, and really just have that savings account that's putting money aside for you. So I know for myself, I didn't, but um, you know, a lot of times now I regret it looking back and thinking that I should have just done it a lot earlier. I should have taken the chances a lot earlier, but it's never too late. It's not too late now. It's certainly not too late for the younger generation to get started on these kinds of things. Um, but yeah, it would be something I, I just always encourage anyone I talk to to just be like, please take hold of your finances. <laughs> Is there a certain percentage that you wish you had put aside? Like, would you say, oh, I wish I had 30 for fun, 30 for expenses and 30 for savings? Like, did, is, there, is there something that you think is a good formula for a young person or is it really depending on the individual? I think it depends on the individual and depends on your expenses. If you find that you have some help from your parents and you're not paying rent and you're, all you're doing is really working and paying sort of your expenses as you go to school, someone else is taking care of your tuition, then by all means, save as much as you can. Uh, but if you're not in that position and you're having less and less money to spend on savings, but even even $10, even $30 is, is making a big difference. Just that it's the habit, it's the idea that you're putting that money aside and you're thinking, this is cash that I'm not going to touch. Mm-hmm. You know, this doesn't exist. So you're getting a paycheck of you're taking $3 out of it, $30 out of it, excuse me, and putting that aside, you've got the other $270 to do with it as you need to, which is just allocating cash to appropriate amounts. And then 
then, you know, you have this this uh, lump sum at the end to kind of disperse as you need to, you know, whatever, your coffee, your food as you're outside, your, um, you know, the, the little bits and pieces. Uh, but again, it's very dependent on your lifestyle and how much you need and how much you're spending on necessities. So obviously, a uh, pair of jeans is not necessities, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I thought they were, they're not. <laughs> um, necessities, just what you need for food, rent, clothing, um, you know, electricity bills, phone bills, internet, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then you go from there, you move on from there. And obviously, you never really if there is always a cheaper option available for something, go for it, ask mm-hmm. for it. You know, don't, don't go paying. You don't need to pay too much for something. If you can do with a $50 rather than the hundred, if that totally. makes any sense. Oh, totally. I mean, I, one of my biggest things is I think people, even like my generation and, and younger put so much importance on like the name on something and mm-hmm. like, um, my friends always say, oh, that's such a nice purse. Where did you get it? What name brand is it? I'm like, it's Walmart. I got it for 20 bucks. <laughs> and they've all got like $300 purses that look the exact same. They just say coach on them where mine says, you know, couch. It's <laughs> a knockoff. And, and I always get like, my friends are like, oh, why didn't you buy something nice? And I'm like, because I just went and spent a month in, in Europe traveling around. So it's also deciding like what's important to you and your values in life, right? How, what, what are some things I know you do things outside of working in finance. So what are some things that bring joy to you that you allocate money to in your savings that you can have, you know, that fun time. I, the older I've gotten, the more I like experiences. So you, like you said, traveling, um, I love paddle boarding. I love biking. I love snowboarding. So these things are, are what make me happy. And a lot of times the more stressful your job is obviously, or the more physically demanding your job is, the more tired you are afterwards. And Mm -hmm. that purse, like you said, that $300 purse is not going to make you happy. But what's (laughs) going to make you happy is, you know, going out on the water for a few hours and just having that rest and relaxation and that peace. Mm -hmm. So the older I've gotten, I've just, like you said, I'd rather buy the $30 purse so I can go on the paddle boards over the summer or or buy myself a bike and, and just bike around downtown and and have that physical activity. So those are some of the things that I really, really enjoy. But I love traveling. Mm-hmm. I've traveled quite a bit when I was younger. Now it's a little bit harder. And with COVID, it's impossible. But I always try to go somewhere once a year. Um, and with more of a regular job, I'm sure I can go more often. Um, my new job doesn't involve as much day trading. So that's always a positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. But yeah, just having the chance to get out of the city and explore, explore the world, cultures, languages, foods. I love food. Um, <laughs> Me too, girl. <laughs> oh, very much so. And so much so I'm working it off right now by eating lettuce for dinner. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I had soup for dinner, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, goodness. Are there... So in with, with a teen wealth, when we do our program with youth, we, we give them like six or eight things that uh, are important in life, things like money, relationships, family, free time, freedom, Mm -hmm. like all that kind of stuff. And we just say, here, here's six, seven, eight things that, you know, um, all people generally spend a majority of their time doing. And we give them these pieces of paper and then we ask them to rank them in order of what's most important in their life to what's least important. And then Mm -hmm. we hand them those same pieces of paper and we say, now list now be honest with yourself and list 
um, which ones are you actually putting the most time into? And a lot of the time, those do not mesh at all. Like family is always at the top for a lot of people. And yet uh, in the actual, what I'm actually putting my time and energy and money into family is almost always near the bottom on the other side, even though we realize that's a priority, we're prioritizing so many other things. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you make sure that you prioritize the the really important things? I know, like you said, as we get older, like we, we look at our lives and go, okay, what's truly important. But as a young person, it's kind of, sometimes it's hard to figure that out. Do you have any techniques or things that you do so that you do prioritize the the right things, quote unquote? (laughs) Yes, I think um, having a schedule is really important. I have a schedule. I have a daily schedule, weekly schedule, and a monthly schedule. And there's things that I do on a daily basis um, and then things that I do on a weekly basis and a monthly basis. So I'll give you an example. For instance, I uh, daily, I uh, journal, I meditate, I exercise, and try to eat... uh, healthy so plan my meals so that there's always a healthy meal uh, and just spend either phone call or in-person meeting with someone that I care about so family and friends however the case may be and then weekly there's the house cleaning which I hate uh, house cleaning putting things away sorting things putting papers away um, just you know the little bits and pieces and I feel like when you clean your house you also feel a lot better for I feel so much better, less depression, less anxiety, less like claustrophobic when my my house is in its, uh, I just feng shui it, but it, it looks like it's in order. And then monthly, there's always the getting a chance to meet up with friends, uh, doing something outdoors, doing something for myself, always having that 15 minutes of day where it's quiet, where it's just me. And then an additional 15 to 30 minutes of the day where I'm just planning the day where I know where it's going. And then monthly goals, however the case may be, whether it's exercise goals or goals that are like uh, just really even silly things like uh, don't eat out as often this month, <laughs> which which is it counts. It counts towards I always think of it more in terms of calories than than money. But, you know, just planning the month ahead, like, you know, it's May. I'd like to do these things. It's June. I like to do these things. It's July, you know, birthdays. I'm I try to be more organized. And I know when you're younger, everything's kind of up in the air. When I was in school, it was really difficult to be organized. Obviously, you have classes all over the place. You have one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So I completely understand that a young person doesn't doesn't prioritize things as they should be. Or for them, it is important to spend time with family. But, but you know, it's down here when it comes to the reality of life. Uh, but the sooner you understand scheduling yourself, the sooner you understand having some sort of a, B, C during the day, the sooner you can get to what you need to get to. And that really helps in the long run as well. Totally. Yeah, it's 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 one of those really difficult things because we, we have this amazing life and we feel like it, you know, will live forever. Uh, and time time really does fly. And if we don't put, you know, kind of really look at those consistently and go, okay, where do I need to allocate more of my heart, soul, time, et cetera? You know, we kind of, mm-hmm. you can miss out on some really, some of the best parts of life. So it's, it's something to important to talk about. It's not exciting when you're a teenager to talk about anything other than having fun, your friends and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's tough, but mm-hmm. it's good to do. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back and talk about, so sorry, your parents, did they mm-hmm. talk to you about financial wealth and finances and things like that when you were growing up? Not as much. I think there was always that idea where you need to say, 
you know, save. Saving is important. Don't spend your money on frivolous things. Save your money. But there was never really a talk about how to allocate money towards what what life should be. You know, this is how much you give to your car or your rent. And this is how much you give to your eating out. This is how much you have to save. So there's never really much of that. But of course, I, my parents were in a bit of a precarious position as well. So we immigrated to Canada when I was about, uh, we left Iran when I was six, arrived in Canada when I was eight. So they pretty much spent most of their lives kind of running to catch up to everyone else or their peers. And so it's been a bit difficult for them as well, which you know, no, I don't hold it against any parent for not teaching us. It's not a problem. We learn later. But I really had to do the bulk of my learning later on by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just through trial and error. And it's just asking around, seeing how other people do it, and then uh, see what works for you or yeah. for me. I, I really love what you just said, because I, I, I think because the world is evolving so quickly, too, in terms of money, like somebody that was a financial expert six months ago, you know, might there's all these new things coming out all the time and you're having to consistently learn too. So I think a lot of young people expect their parents to be able to teach them everything, even if they are financial gurus, you know, no human being knows everything, especially when it comes to a world that's evolving as quickly with technology and things like blockchain and Bitcoin. Like we're all learning about all this stuff literally every day, even the people creating it are learning new things. So mm-hmm. it's okay to not have your parents know everything and even the things that they teach you even asking questions about those because everyone's not perfect. We do have to go to a quick commercial break though. Uh, I'll probably get a phone call from my mom during this break. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back in just a couple of minutes, everyone. See you shortly. (laughs) The internet's number one talk station. Number one, 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 one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You 
are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. So just getting back to relationships, which is my, my favorite thing to talk about. I love how you started off by talking about how it's important to have a relationship with about money with parents, your partners, friends, all that kind of stuff. It's it's a taboo subject to talk about, though. It's like mental health. A lot of people just never bring it up because they're scared of it. And that's so sad because mental health and, and money are two things that, you know, drive us as human beings. Our world change things can can send people in a downward spiral if they have a bad month or year financially. Like it really the two things are unfortunately in this day and age, they really are intertwined. Like a lot of people place their value as a human being on their money and their finances and things like that. So and the cap- capitalist patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Chinese. very, it's, it, yeah, it's pretty, I mean, those are, it's a tough thing. Um, so t- let's talk about relationships. Like how would you suggest a young person talk to their parents? Like say their parents are not coaching them on finances, but they are like, I would like to do something epic with my life. I'd like to start my own business. I'd like to go to college. I'd like to travel the world. Like how do you think a young person could could start that conversation? Do you have any ideas on, on a safe way for them to approach their parents? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I think one of the things is, first of all, you have to see if your parents are, financially savvy themselves or not. And always remember, uh, everyone will give you a host of advice. They'll give you 10 things. Take what's applicable to you. And that's my biggest recommendation is take what's applicable to you, to your life, to your style, to what you want. Because sometimes our parents will be very conservative, fiscally conservative. They don't want to spend money on anything. So if you go to them and say, I want to save up money because I want to travel the world and I want to do this and the other, the reaction might not exactly be what you would want it to be. And now, meanwhile, if you do go up to them and say, mom and dad, I'd like to save money. I think it's the time of my life where I'm looking at, um, you know, how I can build for the future. Have you got any suggestions for me? I think that might go down a little bit better. Again, you, you kind of have to know who your parents are in order to ask them these kinds of questions yeah. and then take everyone's suggestions with a grain of salt. Again, mm-hmm. what do you want to do with your life? So if your parents are, and nine times out of 10, they will give you really good advice. They'll give you their own experiences, which is something my mom did as well, was she was always told me, I didn't know what to do for the finances, so I always lost out. Make sure you know what to do, because I personally don't have that much help I can give you. Uh, so for me, it was like, okay, well, that's a lesson learned from my mom, so I better be careful for myself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then you go from there, and then you talk to... Uh, and you, then you talk to other people, talk to your teachers, uh, talk to your peers, talk to your peers' parents if you can. If you have that kind of relationship with them, just ask them, you know, um, how, how are you guys finding this financial situation? How are you coping with what's happening? I mean, it's a pandemic right now, um, but the markets are up. So maybe just asking your parents, friends, how are they doing in this time? What are they investing in? What are their suggestions for a young person? So just gather as much information as you can and then use accordingly. Mm-hmm. Sift through and use accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with everything, not just finance, but certainly with finances, it's something that uh, that will help. Yeah. Uh, we actually have a young man in that's working with Teen Wealth right now, and he's really struggling because he's trying to talk to his parents about money. Um mm-hmm. Everything they're telling him is stuff that he's 
you know, he's heard, he's been listening to like financial talks and things like that. Like he really is a savvy young man and he, he's like on, on YouTube and watching the news and trying to listen to all these financial experts and the world is so quickly evolving. And, and he's like, my parents just don't listen to me when I talk about things, uh, when I want to talk about money and all that kind of stuff. And it's his, his greatest frustration right now because he's 18 and he wants to be an entrepreneur. He's already started his own company. Um, but they're kind of holding him back in a few areas. And, and so mm-hmm. I suggested to him, make, make a business plan, uh, like a really mm-hmm. a business plan and a budget and show them what could work, what couldn't work, what, you know, what, where you're going to find pitfalls, how you're going to resolve those pitfalls and show it to them and have a, a plan so complete mm-hmm. that they have to take notice that you're serious about this. Because sometimes a young person, you know, we say so many things. I know I used to go to my mom with a new dream every day and she probably just rolled her eyes at me after five years. I went, holy cow, this girl wants to do everything. But I, mm-hmm. when I finally wrote it down and said, here, look, I'm actually putting in work. Uh, like, I don't know, does that, is that a good way do you feel to start is by creating like a plan and sharing it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think for anyone, just, not just your parents, but for anyone, if you go to them with this, with this business plan and this conviction that you want it. I mean, like you said, there are times in your life where you'll go to your mom and you say, I want to be an actress. And she's like, oh, boy, well, that was a flight attendant last week. But sure, actress it is today. Let's, you know, go for it. But um, but if you go to them with this business plan and you say, this is where I see this going. These are where I'm weak on. These are where I'm strong on. This is what I look at. This is where I'm going in a year. This is where I'm going in five years, you know, uh, and, and do it with conviction. You know, um, a lot of times we lose our dreams because someone tells us it's not possible. And that's the other thing. Just because someone says it's not possible, that doesn't mean that it is impossible. It just means you need to have more conviction on what and and get an idea of why they're opposed to this what is it that they're afraid of a lot of times parents are more afraid for you to not make a mistake to not you know fall into a hole to not be um you know like financially burdened or going to bankruptcy or any host of things right and so ask them what is wrong what is your concern about this what's your suggestions for its improvement and a lot of times parents will go oh well Unfortunately, they don't always believe in us, uh, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't go for it anyway, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, and so I think that I think that continues like on until adulthood as well. Like I know that my parents definitely have some strong suggestions about like their, their main thing for me because I'm an actor is uh, stability. So their mm-hmm. solution is to get a full-time job, which is just obviously not a feasible solution. Um, exactly. But if, um, like, if the kids, uh, like, if teens and anyone, if they're trying to find this information and they are sort of finding a wall and and they um, aren't finding the resources they need, what sort of topics should they research and, like, what courses should they seek out in order to get financially savvy? So one of the things I know, like, I wish I had done this myself because they offered it to me and I said no. (laughs) <laughs> but I regret that now was that H&R Block actually offers a tax course um, and it teaches you how to do your own taxes. And so I've, I now think I'm like, well, I should have just done that because just learning how to do your own taxes and for especially for an entrepreneur is a huge thing. Instead of having to pay an accountant, instead of not knowing where that cash goes, talking to someone who who's... Um, who's already experienced and that really helps. So certainly tax courses, 
uh, any kind of tax courses would help, any kind of investment courses, um, the Canadian Securities Institute, CSI, offers plenty of courses on uh, on the securities industry. So I had to do a couple when I joined in, but you need to be licensed. Uh, but they do offer a lot of other kinds of courses as well. And you don't need any kind. You, I think you do need a, a high school degree, but you do not need any kind of uh, bachelor's or any kind of designation in order to join in. So give them a look over. And the other thing I've done pretty much is entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship is actually a lonely road. Um, it is a lonely road. It is a road that you'll be traveling on your own. It is a road that not a lot of people travel on because, again, there's that mentality of there's a risk involved. You know, if you lose, you're losing big. And if you win, you win big. But that loss is what scares most people. So they do go the other way. Uh, but talking to other entrepreneurs who have had success in this area, everyone, and I'm not kidding, everyone is happy to help you. Everyone would love for you to buy them a cup of coffee and have a 30-minute, one-hour chat about how they got to where they got to. There's been more than one occasion where I've spoken to advisors on our, both at National and at Richardson, and just said, how did you get here? How did you become this? What did you do? Um, what were the kind of conversations you had, the um, experiences you had, positive, negative? And a lot of them, I can tell you, will have the same exact thing, <laughs> which is my parents weren't that supportive. It was a risk I took to get here. I learned from other advisors, and some advisors can be very, um, can be very uh, secretive, but not for young people. So, you know, once you're in the industry, it's a different field. But a lot of them will take on that opportunity to have a chat with a young person and just be like, "This, these are the things that you should do. These are the things you should look at. Um, and also, I was going to say, there's a plenty, plenty of internships. So when I was at National Bank, they had lots of internships, young people. And yes, you'll be doing a lot of copying and faxing <laughs> and a lot of admin work for, for the advisor. But at the same time, it really builds that relationship with these people because these different kinds of all industries want interns want that kind of a person to come in and learn from the beginning from the very bottom up uh, but having those connections throughout your life really really helps because you never really know where you might be able to find that job that next connection that next client that next um, exam that next help uh, in order for you to take that next step so mm -hmm. I would highly encourage teens to take on internships. If your school offers it, for sure, go ahead and take it. If it doesn't, try to find institutions that do offer it. I know a lot of financial institutions will offer internships, especially through schools, UBC, BCIT. They will hire them to come over and, and just build those relationships and, and ask, ask questions. They, I promise you, they love answering questions. They love talking about themselves and how they got and how they got to where they are now. Um, and especially because it, it makes them feel like they're helping someone else out as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they have a lot of like uh, wisdom to impact. Cause as you said, it's a lonely road. So they had to learn a lot um, mm -hmm. on, on their own. Um, working with entrepreneur, entrepreneurs and things, um, what are some of the main sort of traps that you see people fall into often? I think some of them are complacency. 
one of the things I've noticed uh, when I was on a couple of other teams, it was complacency. They were just not as driven anymore. They got to a certain point. So they took the step back and they just took their foot off the gas pedal and all things slowed down. I think there's always that issue of um, end goal. And then what's beyond that? Uh, so a lot of times I had a few, quite a few advisors who were just like, eh, whatever, you know, we'll do what we need to. Here's a little here and here's a little there. Um, you know, uh, overworking is also not a good thing. Mental health is really important. So like we mm-hmm. said earlier, try to take care of yourselves, have a more well-rounded approach, um, try to get out there and, and meet more people and do a lot more of those kinds of networking activities, but also take care of yourself. So many, uh, so many advisors are awesome at their job, but they're extremely unhealthy. That's mm-hmm. one thing I, you know, they, they've sacrificed their family or their health for where they're going, which I think in this generation that we're in right now is definitely, it doesn't fly with us anymore. We're just like, no, we're going to have a work-life balance. Everything's going to be you know, a lot more calm, a lot more inclusive, a lot more diversified, a lot more engaging. Um, and so try to try to remember that while on the one hand, you're trying to build and grow a business. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you've got to be around for a really long time to take care of that and enjoy that. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. So take care of yourself as well and enjoy yourself. Um, enjoy your 20s and your 30s and 40s because that's not coming back. The cash will be there, but you're not going to go back there. So I like that you um, uh, sort of approach finance with a mental health first kind of thing. Cause so many times they separate the numbers from anything else, but you're right. Like it is closely linked. Like when you're in debt, like that can cause a lot of stress. And uh, I don't know, do you have any tips on how to get yourself out of debt? I think again, going back to my first point earlier was be very careful with where you're spending money and how much it may take you a long, a lot longer to uh, pay the debt down, but always making those minimal monthly payments really helps. And then having a payment plan um, I, depends on the size of the debt. Obviously, I think sometimes you might need to even go to a financial planner, someone who will help you kind of plan your months and your years and say, okay, by, by this time, you'll definitely be debt free. And, and you'll have that opportunity to start now start saving. Um, but, you know, kind of looking at all the things you, how much you make, how much you owe, and then putting them on a, a regular payment plan and then focus on prosperity. Like I know a lot of times we have debt or any kind of other thing that we have in our lives, we tend to focus on that. Oh, there's debt. Oh, there's weight loss. Oh, there's this health issue. But mm-hmm. if you put in plan in place, like say you're paying $50 a month to each credit card, $100 a month to this. And, you know, for a couple of months, you're going to have to scrape by because that's how you get to where you're going. Focus mm-hmm. on the prosperity. Focus on the 12 months from now where you're going to be able to start saving and just keep going because you've got the plan in mind. You're going to get rid of it and then start. I know it sounds very simplistic, but sometimes when you have a big complex problem, it's really helpful to break it down into simple, simple steps Yeah, and move through those steps. Because when you get one step done, you're like, oh, wow, I got one done. Let's do the next one. Let's do yeah. the next one. And then you just go through it and you're like, oh, wow, I'm on step 10. I didn't even think if you thought at step one, you were going to get to step 10, you would have been like, no, I'm not doing this. That's but exactly one at right. a time, yeah. you have that opportunity. And that's that's really how you do it. You just break it down and you go from A to, a to wherever. Apologies. 
yeah and then eventually you're you're sort of at the point where you're able to save again um we are going to go to a quick break but when we come back from the break uh i want to talk about like when we are in that um that point where we've we've got the nice base down we've learned what we need to learn all that sort of thing what um like maybe let's talk about what the minimum investments look like and things like that. But we are going to take a short break and I'll let you think about that and we'll come back soon. (laughs) Sure, sure. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America variety channel your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com. tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right, everyone. Welcome back. You're with Miriam, Brandy, and Rebecca. Um, and just before the break, we were talking about, you know, sort of getting to that place uh, where you're able to start saving. Um, and what do those uh, minimum investments look like? Mm-hmm. So I actually don't think there's a right and, or wrong answer to that question, Rebecca, partly because you you can save as much as you can at any one point in your life, you know. Um, sometimes you're going to have a really fantastic job and you're going to be able to save a lot of money. And sometimes you won't be because you were just, you know, you've got a lot of holes to fill as I call them. And then once those holes are filled, then you can put a little bit aside. Now you kind of have to like a look at your income. Is it, uh, um, viable for you to have an RSP yet? Cause sometimes it's not viable. If your, your income is not that high, there's no point in having an RSP account just, 
because there's no tax incentive or, for that. Or a 401k for our American friends. Yes, the 401k <laughs> for the Americans. Um, we also have the uh, tax-free savings accounts here, the TFSAs. I'm a big advocate of those, partly because the cash is, is already taxed before it goes in there. And once you withdraw that, that's not considered income, so it's not taxed. Um, again, once you want to pull it out. So a lot of times um, I've, we've wanted to do this for my niece now, who's about four years old. Uh, we're going to put money aside for her under someone else's obviously name. And so once she's 18 or 19, she'll have that cash if she mm-hmm. wants to say buy herself an apartment, buy herself a car, whatever the case may be, wants to travel. Uh, so we think like, you know, we've got plenty of time to go for her. So $50 a month is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even $30 a month. Uh, if you're finding that you're kind of a little bit older, so say I, I'm in my 30s, so I need to be a little bit more quick about it, a little bit more, um, uh, I guess they driven about it, but uh, I got to <laughs> be on the ball now. And so yeah. I'll just start saving more. So find out what your, for your, um, RSP contribution limit is, make sure you make that every year. Look at your jobs. Uh, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, don't have these kinds of um, safety nets. You know, they don't have the pension plans. They don't have the RSP contributions. But certainly, if you ever have that opportunity to make yourself uh, those savings plans, please Mm do. Partly because you don't have a safety net to fall back on. Uh, and so you have to create one for yourself. And like I said, being an entrepreneur is fantastic. You've got a lot of gain, but you've also got a little bit of risk on the other end of it. So make sure you you really look at that. Um, so I don't know if you guys know, but on your t- on your uh, notice of assessment, you'll get this contribution limit amount. So you'll you'll have the amount according to your income, mm-hmm. how much you can contribute to your uh, RSP for that given year. Uh, so now we know how much we can contribute for 2020 until next sorry 2021 until next march and so definitely make those contributions see if you've got a little bit of cash uh left over to put into a tfsa and the other thing i was going to mention was really research what kind of portfolio you'd like to have so a lot of people will decide to do it on their own which is fantastic there's so many different options out there available do your research look into how much the fees are um Mm -hmm. And so in an institution like where I work, uh, Richardson is a little bit a little bit better. Uh, it's a little bit more diversified, but banks do charge a hefty amount of money to manage your money every month, every year. And so definitely if, if you, and they do tell you that if you don't have a certain amount, don't bother because it's just the fees would be too much for you. And so start small, start with those sort of those institutions that allow investors with less money. But while you're still actively involved, read your statements. What are they investing for you? What kind of companies are they putting your money in? Is it a mutual fund? Is it a exchange traded fund? Uh, are you investing in stocks? Are you investing in bonds? And so we're going from there. Again, there's so much available uh, information online now, which is not something that used to be around when I was a kid. We didn't have yeah, all these encyclopedias. <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. And you really didn't know who to ask. But thankfully, you've got Google now. Do your research and and then go from there and see how much is the minimum payment? Um, how much is a minimum payment for a purchase into a mutual fund? It, it varies. There's there's so many varieties. And, and um, 
And again, uh, when you ask for advice, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, remember that you may have to withdraw that money at, at a certain point. So are there any penalties for you withdrawing mm-hmm, the cash? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that in more in the funds that are longer, they're monthly funds, but they're, they take longer settlements. They always charge a certain amount for you to withdraw that cash from them yeah. earlier than a year or five years. So definitely ask. Uh, it's just not it's just not feasible for you to go ahead and put your money into there. But, you know, there are a lot of other kind of funds that are geared towards young people. Uh, $50 a month is great. $100 a month is great. Uh, $800 a month is perfect. You're you're looking at how much you can put aside, where it's going, how much it's making for you in return, and then just adding to that. And that cycle will take care of itself. In, in a way, it'll take care of itself and just continue to grow. Mm. I do have a question, though, that will lead us into our next sort of topic. Can you invest using a credit card? I'd say yes and no. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) Well, why? Let's talk about it. (laughs) So the thing with credit cards is they're charging you interest. It's like line of credits or anything like that. You're pulling your money out to put it into another investment. Now you're going to be paying interest on what you just pulled out of that institution. Is it worth it for you to pull that out and put it into this place that you're, you know, you're looking at? I'm not entirely sure if that is something that I would do myself, like pull out $2,000, put it into a an RSP, unless you're pretty sure that you can pay off your credit card quickly right after that, um, just to avoid those fees that come with it. Um, but we do have certain people. I know a couple of my coworkers would take out line of credits, but in, in this case, they were sure that there would be cash to cover that, if that makes any sense. So you're not just digging a hole in order to it's to start something, but then you're not able to pay off that hole, if that makes any sense. Mm. And then so you'll have a pending debt on your hands while you have an investment. It's I think it's personal, but I, I wouldn't really recommend it either. I just want to jump in. I think credit cards are the scariest thing on the face of the planet if you don't mm-hmm. understand them. And mm-hmm. I love that you asked that question, Rebecca, because I mean, I just hear I have friends that are in their 30s. That they were told, oh, you can use $3,000 in this credit card, $4,000 in this one. All you have to pay is $100 a month and didn't realize yeah. the cost that adds up in that stuff. And mm-hmm. we're like, oh, I'm going to invest in this. And they are now $50,000, $100,000 in debt and miserable and working three jobs. Like it really is a scary thing if you do not get the right education on credit cards and investing and all of that. Like it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's those are so scary things. And I know that there are literally ways to invest with like business credit and things like that, but that's a completely different ball game. And you really have to have, you know, a, a, a team behind you to, to make sure that you're doing it properly, legally and, and doing mm-hmm. all the numbers. There's just, yeah, it's, it's a scary thing. So I just want to jump in there because it's, I've seen it tear, tear people's lives apart just because they didn't, they didn't do research. And I, I want to tell all teens that, you know, before you get into anything, like I only, I only spend money that I don't like need to pay my bills and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. invest money that I don't even do anything unless I have the cash in my hand for, for stuff like that. Like, it's pretty scary. I think everybody's got a scary story about that. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> the credit card that does not pay itself off. 
Yeah. Yep. So what are like some things that we need to consider um, when getting your first credit card? Is it important to get a credit card? I think you could. I think it also teaches you self-control. <laughs> it's taught me a lot of self-control. And one of the things I did when I was, when I first turned 18 was I had a prepaid credit card. So my parents put about $500 down into a credit card and they, I started just using it um, and then paying it off myself at the end. So I started with $500 and it was great control. I would spend a little bit, pay it back, spend a little bit, pay it back. And it got me into the habit of learning how to pay for things, which, again, I wasn't doing until I turned 18. But again, I do agree that it is a slippery slope because it starts with one and then it comes out to another. And this is idea that now we're spending cash that we don't have. Uh, Before you had, you know, a bunch of $20 bills in your pocket and you would pay. And then once you realize you didn't have those 20s, you would stop buying things. Now it's like this infinite card that just keeps going and going and going. And you never see the consequences of what you're doing until perhaps it's a little bit late in terms of like how much you're wrecked up on your credit card, right? Um, so I think it's a great learning tool maybe for your children to have one when they're, but, you know, be careful with that limit. Be, understand that they should understand how to be able to use that. And then on the other end of it, um, it shouldn't be their only source. It should be like the, I don't know, unfortunately, I pay, I have to pay uh, my parking with my credit card, which is one of the most annoying things. They really force you to use your credit card in most circumstances. So that's the only reason it's there. You know, you're paying for your, I don't know, your bus or something like that, or your parking. But at the end of the month, you're keeping track of that and paying it off. Uh, so that's, I think, more important than getting a card is that financial literacy that needs to be there for the young people. And then we can go from there. One of the greatest things that I learned way too late in life, <laughs> were, um, I, re- I really wish that when I was younger, I had learned this and that like my parents were very financially savvy and they told me things, but it wasn't fun. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't interesting. So I just like literally turned off. Like they were teaching me, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't paying attention because to me that was a budget. Like that is Mm -hmm. the most boring thing on the face of the planet when you're a teenager. So that's part of what inspired team wealth is to like show people how they can become entrepreneurs and have Mm -hmm. these incredible things. And you have to work backwards, like make these big dreams, set attainable goals, get there. And I really wish that somebody had shown me, It's this thing that I learned from a conference like 10 years ago. This gentleman literally makes it for kids. It's like a little toy and he's got these four little cups and one of them says invest, one says save, one says spend and one says share. And it teaches you about like, you know, saving money for what you need, spending money on what you need, investing in things for your future and then sharing things with nonprofits, with people who in need, who might not have the same means that you are. And those four very basic things just to realize those four things and set those aside for your own life. Like, mm-hmm. it, Oh gosh. Like you talked about making a plan. That was that those little, I, I literally want to have those jars in my own cupboard. Now I actually have four bank accounts that do those same things now, but I wish I had known that when I was younger. And I think it's mm-hmm. a really great place for young people to start. I don't know what you think about that, but. I think it's a great idea. I think everyone learns in a different way. Everyone has different expectations if your parents are like that and they can make it a little bit fun, maybe our generation will be able to make it a little bit more fun for them. And I think partly because maybe 
you know, we've seen where it goes, where you're not, when you're not financially savvy or when you're not aware of what's happening to your cash. And so we're a little bit more like, okay, we really need to be on it and we need to be diligent and we need to be learning. But again, if you find fun ways like that, where there it's four cups or it could be just, I don't know, a piggy bank, or it could be anything like a, a board that you're writing on or, or it's just about teaching that. And the other thing is I've noticed is that when our children are young, we tend to really teach them, you know, well when they're children. But as they get a little bit older, it gets harder and harder. I don't know if it's because they don't want to listen or we're just not making it fun or it's just not their priority in life. It, I, one way or another, it's not happening. And so I think like when they're children, it's great habits to learn, but keep that going. Don't lose that, you know, this is more for the parents, but don't lose that. Don't let that go because you, you, your kid is going from, say, three to 18. You're you're doing all these things. It shouldn't be three to eight or three to 10. And then from like 10 to 18, you're just like, whatever, you know, uh, mom and dad will pay for everything. All things are taken care of. I don't need to, you know, fear anything. And then at 18, it's like, oh, yeah, here's the deep end. You know, you're being pushed off. So keep those little bits and pieces going throughout throughout these children's lives and then once they get to a certain age as boring as it sounds you know one way or another you're going to teach them good habits in the beginning <laughs> and so we'll keep our fingers crossed like all other things we're not going to listen to 100 percent, but it'll come back it'll come back when you need it so that's what i would push for <laughs> I love it. I think we need to have you on the show for the next four weeks because there's just so much to talk about with the money stuff. Uh, I really appreciate you. Do you have uh, a, like, do you, do you post tips on Instagram or anything that we could follow or? No, unfortunately I don't. I am on LinkedIn, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I sometimes post a few things here or there. I like, I like a lot of financial things. So if you're interested, you'll be able to, you know, maybe see that from my LinkedIn post, but uh, yeah, unfortunately not yet. soon soon once that's there i'll i'll share that with the group for sure awesome we'll make sure that that link is in the bio and thank you so much for joining us and rebecca it's a pleasure to co-host with you (laughs) (laughs) thank Thank you you so much lovely have a good rest of your week and we'll see you same time uh next week on teen wealth live at five everyone on mondays have a good week Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety 